podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Nobody. Okay, George, really sorry about that, mate. Honestly, you had the pace today. But uh, yeah, really sorry for, for ending up in this situation. But still, points today. And you, uh, you really showed your strength. Hey guys. I don't know what to say. I was taken away from us twice. Honestly. It's been a pleasure and I've loved it. And honestly, I'm gutted. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted, but we'll give this opportunity again. I, I hope we get this opportunity again. Thank you. George, I'm sorry for that. That was a brilliant, brilliant drive. Thank you. Thank you. On the show today, we count down the top 10 drivers in the field, start previewing Bahrain, talk about the biggest takeaways from the drive to survive, all the news in Formula One, and much, much more. But now, let's hand the mic over to a man, a man that once ordered a Big Mac from Burger King and got one, a man that gives Queen Liz the fanny flutters. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Colby, and today we have a monstrous, colossus, huge, gigantic show for you. Look up at the stars right now. You see that star on the right? Just the one over there on the right. That's actually Uranus, and right next to it is my Ferme. You go ahead and park it in there. Don't be shy. It might be a little bit of a tight fit, but we can make it work. Welcome to the Park It In My Ferme show, the show that talks all things Formula One, and we have a lot to talk about as well. So make sure you don't miss out on anything that my smooth, seductive, sexy voice has got to say. And look down at your podcast listening device right now and press that subscribe and follow button harder. Then you press the pause button when Valtteri Bottas got his cheeks out on camera. Two episodes a week, Tuesday and Friday, getting you all the action you need for each race, previewing them all, going through the results, talking some shit, discussing crap, and moving on. Head to the socials as well, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, I'm on them all, at Parking In My Ferme. But, what are we going to talk about today? McLaren poaching young kids, talk about all the things we learned from Drive to Survive And last episode, we ranked the drivers from 11 to 20. This time, it's the top 10. We need to go through it all as we are. What are we on? What are we on? We're on the road. We are on the road, everybody. Get excited. Uh, Bahrain's just coming up. We've got to be on the road. Let's go. International Sakia Grand Prix circuit. Yeah. So we got that, your stat of the week, and much, much more. But first, 
news. News, 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 news. Cody, Formula One news. Pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news. It's the pimp news, pimp news. Didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now. Pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. Ooh, whistle man. Caress my eardrums. That's the stuff. Now let's talk about McLaren. We all know that the Formula 1 is a young person's game. It was, in fact, the stat of the week last week, I'm pretty sure. But they've jumped the gun and signed a US go-karting ace, Ugo Ugo Chakwu. Absolutely nailed it. At the age of 13, the American, fresh of his European karting world championship, was spotted early by McLaren and joins their young driver pool. Now, do McLaren know how to spot talent earlier, you ask? Well, I don't know. You tell me. Lando Norris, who still looks like he's 13, was part of that program. But there was another driver, some guy I've never heard of. Maybe you've heard of him? Uh, yeah, it's Sir Lewis Hamilton. Who the hell is that guy? Seven-time world champ, that's who. CEO Zach Brown has stated that the team have been watching Ugo for some time now. So good luck to the kid. A lot of pressure on the young boy's shoulders, but judging by what he's done already, I think he handles pressure okay. Moving on, Drive to Survive 3 was released and people like it. Uh, that's all you really need to say about that. We'll go into a Drive to Survive 3 review a little later on. And the teams are complaining there weren't enough testing days. Well, boo-hoo, get over it. Quick solution, do more laps at testing. But hey, it is what it is. I'm sure we'll cover that a bit more at the end of the season. But you're all given the same amount of testing days. It's still even across the field. If you're not going to rock up to pre-season testing with your shit together and in order to test it, then that's on you. But really, that's it for the news. Nothing was happening because I think everyone was spending that time at home binging Drive to Survive 3. <laughs> Holy mac and cheese balls. That's another podium. <laughs> awesome, mate. Awesome. Now, what a week it has been. We had the fallout from the testing, but even better than that, even more exciting than that, we all gathered around our Netflix and binged season three of Drive to Survive. What I found fascinating is how all the news and other online media are reporting on the things they saw in the series like it was breaking news. I saw one the other day. Breaking news, Daniel Ricciardo and Sarah's relationship went south during the 2020 season. No fucking shit. He left the team. How do you think that was going to feel? Or another one about Bottas wanting to quit after Russia 2018. It happened two and a half years ago and you're reporting it like it's breaking news? But it was such a good watch. So many memes have been born from this series and there will be a lot of things to take away. A lot of things we learned from the series that I don't think we necessarily knew about. Also a lot left out from the series as well. Now I know Netflix... We're in the Mercedes garage the weekend that Russell took over the Merc from Hamilton. But they didn't want to go through any of that. They didn't want to show us the incredible drama from the clusterfuck that was the pit incidences and the tyre exploding. Or no talk about Hulkenberg. Last minute drive to the Grand Prix to qualify and race. 
not once but twice they don't want to talk about that look Netflix stop being lazy do 12 episodes next time not 10 in fact they should do an episode based on every weekend a 23 episode series talking about the narrative of each race I would watch it probably still binge it within one day but that's not what we're going to do today we can't poo poo it Netflix you're amazing it was an amazing series we need to celebrate it so here we go here are my top five. Oops, sorry. Cody's top five. That's right. Top five things I took away from the awesome series that was Drive to Survive. Honorable mentions will go to Charles Leclerc in Bahrain last year when Perez and he collided, forcing Perez to back to the back of the grid and Leclerc out of the race. Perez fought his way back in the race and ended up winning it. A remarkable scene, and from from that race, he secured his spot with Red Bull. For the 2021 season. Leclerc went to Perez's driver room after the race. After everyone was done celebrating to apologise for his actions. I think that was good sportsmanship. A great thing to see. And I'm glad that it was picked up by Netflix. Honourable mention number two. I've said it before a few times. But how the fuck did Roman Grosjean live? How is he alive? Jesus Christ. That thing. Oh my god. Did they? Yeah they milked it. They did a whole episode on a couple of minutes but my lord but it's now onto the list Cody's top, Cody's five. top five number five Pierre Gasly how good was that to see again this time with all the drama behind it Gasly just made album look like a numpty Red Bull and Gasly broke up Gasly wanted Red Bull back he went out he worked on his abs his muscles his smile his haircut to try and make Red Bull jealous and Red Bull still didn't want Gasly even after that win, it was heartbreaking to see. Christian Horner saying after the race that they still wouldn't consider getting Gasly back in a Red Bull was hard to watch. Especially hearing and seeing Gasly's reaction. But hey, every time we mention it, we must celebrate Gasly's win one more time. Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix. Oh my, oh my, is that just wonderful. Oh my God. What did you do? What did you do? You did it! Oh my god! Oh my god, guys, we did it again! Oh my god, yes! P1 care! P1! We just won the race! Number four, Ferrari are just the fucking worst. We all love Ferrari. We do. But I'm not so sure it's that kind of love anymore. They're literally a bunch of jerks. You don't really notice it until you see the behind the scenes of it. The press woman that Ferrari have? Wow. She ever smiled in her life? She needs a Rodrin on pole position if you catch my drift. Poor Charles Leclerc can't even launch his own clothing brand and Vettel pointed it out. He, he outed it. If you catch that moment, it's absolutely hilarious when he points to the logo, the Puma logo on the jersey, on the on the team shirts, as to why they can't launch their own clothing brand. And then they both look over to that woman in the corner and get her reaction. Ooh, girl was mad. Girl was mad. And Vettel then announcing he's leaving for Aston Martin during Ferrari's 1,000th GP celebrating weekend. Amazing to see. That was truly a big F you to Ferrari, and I absolutely love it. Takeaway number three, Lance Stroll. 
actually not a dick. Who would have thought? Everything about him would scream that this guy is a knob, but he just wants to go surfing and play with that gorgeous hair. Sure, Lawrence might be a bit of a jerk, but when you're a successful billionaire businessman, you need that jerkiness about you. You need to be a bit of a jerk. I hope Lance has some success this season. I don't think there will be too much. But fuck it. Copy the Mercedes engine again. You might stand a chance. Also, who doesn't want to hear Brad say this? Stroll crosses the line and he does go pole. 147.7. Lance Stroll is on pole for the first time in his career. Said P1. P1. Yes, boys! <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> yes! Brad, I want to hear you say it, mate. That's pole position. I want to hear you say it! <laughs> That's pole position, Lance. Pole position. Let's go! <laughs> Number two. Is Christian Horner? Is he the Karen of Formula One? Every workplace has a Karen, and I think Christian Horner is Formula One's Karen. Mercedes has Das working well, and they're going fast. Well, I've got to complain. Ferrari were going fast halfway through the 2019 season. You know I'm going to complain. Racing Point are going too fast because they copied someone else's car. Yeah, I'd like to speak to the manager. Just relax a little, okay, Christian. Focus on your own car. 2021 will be the year for Red Bull. I have said that time and time again. They will beat Mercedes in the constructors. No one likes a Karen. Just don't be that Karen. And the number one takeaway from the drive to survive Series 3 is Valtteri Bottas. No, no, no. More like Valtteri Bottas. Ooh. What a booty. I just went from 6 to midnight. What a sighting that was. Netflix putting pure porn on there for us to all enjoy. But I don't want to ever hear again from anyone that the drivers at Mercedes are treated fairly. I think most people know they aren't, but even the few that think they are are all treated the same. Watch that episode and tell me they are. To see Toto fuck off to the stewards room and argue a penalty for Lewis after the race when Bottas won that same race and is trying to celebrate is disgusting. The visual of Bottas going to the going to celebrate with his Heineken by himself was a sad, sad sight. It brought a tear to my eye, but then seeing him in the sauna without the kid on brought a boner to my pants. And they were... Cody's Top 5. Takeaways from the Drive to Survive Season 3. <laughs> it's time for that. I'm a stat man! Formula 1 stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, stats time, yeah. Oh, so much stats, so many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Ah, uh, stats, 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 yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Stat of the week time, and the stats brought to you today are all Bahrain circuit and GP related, because we. On the road. Get excited. Get excited. 
Oh, we've only got a few days to go, and then you don't have to hear this ever again. Bahrain International Sakir Grand Prix Circuit. Yeah. That is right. We are heading to the Bahrain International Circuit, a venue we have raced at 16 times before, although... Drinking alcohol in Bahrain is legal, fun fact. The drivers on the podium do not spray champagne. No, no, no. They use the non-alcoholic rose water drink known as Wad. Wad. Good I don't even know if I'm saying that right. But that's not an interesting stat. No, 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 no. How's this for the one? There have only been six winners at the Bahrain GP. Seb Vettel, Lewis Hamilton, Felipe Massa, Nico Rosberg and Jensen Butter, along with Fernando Alonso. With Seb and Lewis both winning it four times. Now, despite the few amount of winners over the 16 races, no driver has ever won it three times in a row. And Lewis has a chance to do that this weekend. Now, despite Perez winning the last time we were in Bahrain, it doesn't count as the Bahrain Grand Prix. So, Lewis, you're up. Get that three in a row. But, hey, that's it for your stat of the week. Look, it wasn't my best, but it is what it is. But about to be... He's a stat, man! Ooh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat, man! Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, last week we looked at drivers 11 through to 20. Check it out at parkitinmyfermay.com or on your listening device. And the reason we did that well, guys, it's quite simple. <laughs> oh, we're on the road. We are on the road. Put the petrol in the car. You pack the kids up. Put the luggage in there. Let's go. Bahrain International Sakir Grand Prix Circuit. Yeah. So below I have the remaining 10 in order from 10 to 1, listing where they will finish in the 2021 season. And what I say is final, and I'm never wrong. So let's get started. Number 10. Sebastian Vettel now I love you but you won't finish higher than 10th this season you will have some moments of brilliance drive better than you did with the Ferrari last year but you won't be much better than that now I predict maybe one podium point just one little cheeky one get in there he had he had one with Ferrari last year but that was in Turkey when it was a downpour and uh, beat Leclerc out in that final corner which was just brilliant just brilliant but I think he might get a legitimate podium this year in the Aston Martin. Now, I do have some concerns around the reliability, but I think he will be fairly consistent, always finishing the race in or near the top 10. Number nine, Yuki Tsunoda. Now, this is my surprise package for the year, my little my little spring mop, my little dumpling. Yes, that's still racist. I do apologize. Much love, Tsunoda. You are my favorite. Tsunoda will blast out of the gates as a rookie, surprise everyone, and scare the living shit out of them. In a fairly reliable car, the AlphaTauri is nothing to ignore and sneeze at. It can freaking move. And it showed us that he looks the goods at Bahrain as well in that preseason testing. The only reason I have him as low as this is I do believe because he's a rookie, will lead to a couple of mistakes throughout the year. 
But he is a dangerous, dangerous man, and I am excited to see what he can do. It would not surprise me, not even one bit, if Red Bull want to snap him up quicker than expected, get Perez out, get Sinodi in. I think he's got the goods. Number eight, Lando Norris. Now the pressure is on Lando. Danny Rick is in Carlos. Uh, Danny Rick is in and Carlos is out. Now this will be a huge make or break season for Norris if he underperforms and gets humiliated by his teammate. And I don't see a reason for McLaren to waste money and hold on to Norris as their driver for 2022 and beyond. Now see, Lando is great value and I'd hate for him to end up in one of those teams that no one gives a shit about on the grid. I don't think the team would be happy with 8th on the grid, but that's the prediction I have for him. But he still makes me chuckle. Sing, sing it for me, Lando, one more time. And radio check. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday then. Saturday, Sunday, what? Yeah, it's okay. Number seven, what did we just do? Pierre Gasly. Huge mover and shaker here. I think Pierre will take another huge leap forward. Mr. Chip on his shoulder is out to humiliate Red Bull. And I can see another shock result or two from him this year. Now, I don't think Gasly can win. I just don't think that's going to happen again. But I think we get not one, but two podiums this season. And he'll make it look easy as well. Number six, Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. You'll be a force to be reckoned with. Now, I did make this list before the testings. And testing had me a little worried about the Aston Martin, their reliability. They did not get all the laps in that they wanted to. Seb looked uncomfortable, but Stroll himself looked all right. So I've kept him here at number six. Now, I think the car doesn't break down. and They have a little more consistency than Stroll will shock a few people. He'll have another few good races. I do put him at number six. Number five, though, Daniel Ricciardo. Danny Rick. He'll finish fifth on the grid this season. I think he actually gets a race win and two podiums this year in a shock. He's getting a race win this year. Mark my words. I can't see it taking long for Daniel Ricciardo to get used to that McLaren and with Norris providing a little more pressure than Esteban Ocon did. I believe that the Australian will flourish. We need to make sure that the reliability isn't an issue. Let's take a listen to him getting on that effing podium last year. Is that a podium, boys? Is that a podium? That's a podium. Yeah, nice shot, mate. Woo! It's a podium, Daniel. Thank you. Mega, man, mega. Oh, wow. Enjoy this one, guys. Enjoy it. It's a good feeling. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Feels good. Feels good. Number four. Valtteri Bottas. He is still in a Mercedes. Look, as long as you're in a Merc, you will do well. I think Bottas finishes fourth. There's not much more to it, but he he finishes one in my heart with that gorgeous rump. Number three, Sergio Perez. He was by far one of the more consistent drivers of the 2020 season and deserved a seat well before most other drivers. It was odd that the two most impactful drivers from the 2020 season were the last two to actually sign for a seat, Lewis and Perez. But Sergio faces another problem now. He is now the he is now with the teammate killer as his teammate. He needs to be careful now and not end up like Gasly or Albon. Now, do I think that is a possibility? No. But I think Perez needs to know his place. That he is the backup to Max. 
and that is the sole job of the team is to make Max world champ and to beat out Mercedes. Number two, the man we just spoke about, Max Verstappen, the future world champ. He must be getting sick of hearing that, future world champ. He hasn't had it yet. He has dominated the sport, but never got to the championship to his name. Never added that title. Now, I think he has to wait at least one more year. I don't think he's going to get that Drivers' World Championship this year, and I reckon he will finish in a distant second on the grid. Not even close, but still behind Lewis. Now, with the regulations coming in next year, and Lewis having the most wins and championships ever, and it's actually a, a, a real possibility that Lewis could retire, we could see Verstappen off the list of greatest to never win a championship. And number one, you just heard me mention his name as well. It is Sir Lewis Hamilton. It's pretty obvious by now. Lewis Hamilton is number one. He is the best. He will win championship number eight. Although I think Red Bull challenged Mercedes more this season. I can't see anyone getting close to Lewis at all. Sir Lewis Hamilton will be your 2021 world driving champion. Let's take a listen at the 2020 celebration in Turkey with that remarkable win. And let me know what you think. Head over to the socials, DM me, slide into them like you're stealing a base, and I'll sit back and relax and wait for you to enter the DM so smoothly. Now, guys, it comes to that very, very sad, sad part of the show. We must say goodbye. I'm upset. Are you... I can... I think I can hear you. I think I can hear your tears as well. I mean, that's not really how podcasts work, but I think I can hear your tears. Let's fill those oceans up. We don't want them to dry out. Let's fill them up with our tears. Because it is sad tears. I will miss you guys, but it's okay. I won't be gone long. I'll be back in a few days' time on Friday to break down what's going to happen. So these were my predictions for the year. i got to tell you who's going to win on the weekend, so you can go down to your bookie. Put your life savings on it. It'll come in because I know what I'm talking about. So if you haven't subscribed already, hit that subscribe button. Head over to parkinginbyfairbay.com if you've missed any episodes or go back through your podcast listening device. You'll hear them all there as well. Hit me up on the socials, Twitter, Insta, Facebook. I'm there at parkinginbyfairbay. Um, yeah, just come, just come hang out with your boy. We've only got a few days to go. Stay strong. We are nearly there. It is nearly race time. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.